Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and this episode is produced for Forbes, where I am a contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing, and today we have a guest who is a power in, uh, impact investor, Stuart Ruddick, who is the head of Mindful Investors, also looking to launch the Mindful Crowd. And we're very excited to talk about all of the good things that is going on in the uh, world of mindful investing. Stuart, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, Devin. Thank you. Well, this pleasure is truly ours. I'm always excited to talk to a kindred spirit, someone who's as passionate as I am about doing good in the world, and I sense that you uh, share that passion with me, and I'm excited to have you. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in impact investing. So it started in 1980. I started the investment business then, and when I first started looking at companies and considering for investment, I was looking at companies that in many ways resonated with me and my own personal values and so in that time back then uh, I was actively involved in investing in the first environmental magazine called Buzzworm Magazine which was started in Boulder, Colorado where I went to university. I was involved in the first paper recycling plant in North America built by Thermo Electron, involved in one of the first wind energy companies in the early 80s called Kenentech Wind. So I've always looked at the investment world as not separate from my personal world, my personal values, aka the name Mindful Investors, because I've had my own personal practice that has been a practice of yoga, meditation, and Qigong, and I believe that being mindful is not being mindful just in those practices outside of our daily living. It is to bring that mindfulness, that sense of being present in the moment, into our wakeful moments in our daily lives. and why not integrate that into our business and our investment practices? So it's been what I've been doing for 34 years. Well, this is clearly a big trend. More and more people are getting on your bandwagon. They're saying to themselves, I want to invest the way I believe. I want my investments to be an expression of my personal values. And more and more people want to see you know, the environment protected and social justice improved. I mean, a lot of different motivations, but that those passions are now coming through in their investment practices. But you are, you have the advantage of being ahead of the curve. Can you give us some advice so that the people who are listening to this, who are investing, can think about how they optimize their financial returns and maximize their social impact? Yes, Devin. I agree with you. It's an amazingly exciting time from two vantage points. One, from the entrepreneur's standpoint, where many of these young entrepreneurs with, with which I'm connected and associated in, in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley are creating businesses that are focused on businesses that are aligned with their own personal values, that touch their own personal lives in some way, and they feel so driven to create this business because of the value and benefit that it's providing to it could be them personally, it could be to family members, it could be just to their community and creating businesses that are really driven in a way to have positive impact in our lives. Granted, they're businesses, they're focused on making money, 
but it's not just about making money. It's making money in a way that they feel is personally involved with them. So that's exciting, and, and more so because of the fact of technology. The advancements of technology have now enabled a young entrepreneur to have twenty-five dollars to $100,000 to start an idea, whether it happens to be, of course, a web-based platform, whether it's a mobile platform, whether it's an app, and to be able to get their idea, bring it to market very quickly, very cost-effectively, and to be able to show it to investors and have investors consider to be able to join them and bring that product, company, or service to fruition and success. So the second side of it is then on the investor side. So traditionally, most early stage investments have only been available to the private club of you know, VCs, particularly in the Bay Area, which I'm fortunate to be part of. And I think that now we are seeing a democratizing of the investment process and allowing individual investors, today accredited investors, to be able to invest smaller amounts of money and to be able to diversify and create their own portfolio of investments through all these new platforms that are enabling the accredited investor, um, and many of it's called crowdfunding. And so there's many, you know, I'd say at least 12 really well-established investment platforms that are focused on allowing credit investors to invest in individual companies. And as, I, as you said earlier, we are about to launch our own platform called the Mindful Crowd for credit investors to be able to invest in our companies that we've already funded in our own venture fund, we've already done our own due diligence on, and we've maybe already invested our own money into it, so they're investing alongside us and getting this outside, insider access to what's going on in the venture world and Silicon Valley. Well, this is an, an exciting opportunity. How would you coach people to uh, screen uh, investments so that they are actually making the kinds of decisions you would make? Great question and, and critical question because I think what happens with most investors, either one, they've invested, they've built their own company, they've been successful, so therefore they think they can now be a venture capitalist. And as many of you are listening and, and hearing and seeing this, you know that you have to learn the lessons the hard way by investing in companies more often than not that you are, quote, emotionally involved with and sort of feeling romanticized with. And that usually is not the best indicator of you to be making a successful investment. The number one indicator is about the team. It's the founder and the team that they have built. One, their passion, their drive, their fervor to make this company be successful is everything. And secondly, it's hopefully either one, their experience or the experience that they're bringing into their team that has built a successful business before, that knows how to go down that route of building that company, that has learned the lessons from mistakes they've made over the years of building companies, that has a network of relationships to help them to be able to accelerate the success of their business and have corporate strategic partnerships, to have um, customers to sign up with them right away. So that combination of both passion, drive, and experience and people is what is the ultimate determinant of success. And that's how I would strongly advise investors to focus their investment is really about the people and the team. And of course, you have to have a good opportunity and good market and good margins and all the other competitive advantages, but it's the people that are going to make it successful. 
I suspect that you've seen, like most venture capitalists, that there's usually a pivot or two or more along the way that entrepreneurs are making in order to be successful, which drives back that uh, important element of, of the people because yeah. it's so hard to read the opportunity in those early, early days. Yeah, well, I, I think, quote, statistics will say that 80% of early stage companies have a pivot and they're required to transform and evolve their business in some way that is um, not you know, completely different, but it is differentiated in, in their business because as they've gone to market, they've gotten that customer feedback that has told them, oh, this is the way that we need to go, or this is what the consumer wants and demands. So I think um, that entrepreneurial spirit to be flexible is critical and is once again a key factor of success because the, the two things that, that kill a company are one, the, the determination and sort of the, um, the narrow-mindedness of a, of a founder that it's got to be this way and this is the way I see it and I know the way it's got to be instead of them saying, oh, yeah, this is the way it's got to be but consumers are telling me to go that way. So being uh, you know, flexible to listen to advice and what consumers tell you. And the second is, from an entrepreneur standpoint, is to not be focused on understanding the value of bringing in people both in your team and investors that will add value to you, whether it's just the pure economic value of money they're investing, but also maybe some of the accretive value they can bring because of their knowledge and their relationships and their, you know, uh, contributions they can make to businesses. So when we invest through Mindful, we are always looking at how we can bring value-added investors and partners, both from our own networking community as well as other investors. So we almost always invest with other groups of investors. We like that. We're not controlling. We don't have to have it be our way. We want it to be collaborative and to bring other value-added investors alongside us. You've been doing this for a long time, and so one of the things that I imagine you've had an opportunity to see is the way that entrepreneurs have been faced with the challenge, the, the, the real dilemma between being financially successful and achieving a, their social objective. Can you think about how you've guided those entrepreneurs through those moments to be uh, financially successful at the same time they're continuing to drive that social impact you were hoping they would drive from the outset? Yes, Deb. first of all it's, it's up to the entrepreneur to have that within themselves that commitment to the values and whatever the mission of that business is and how it's going to positively enhance people's lives. You can't teach that, you can't give that to someone and unless that they own that viscerally it, they're never going to really act upon that. So the litmus test for us in every investment is that entrepreneur has already got to have that seed within them that they believe in and they are germinating and growing. So with that being the case, then how do we make sure that they are um, molding and bring together their values with the economic opportunity? And you know, back in the early days in, let's say, the 80s, there were all these um, negative factors that were limiting businesses and saying, well, how do we do away with things that are bad? And 
there were there were um, consequences of that, and there were um, uh, ways that it reduced the potential return on investment. I believe it's the exact opposite. I believe that because the product is some product that you know is going to positively enhance our lives. It could be a new medical device that helps you monitor your glucose levels for diabetics. It could be a device that enables you to track your vital signs, your heart rate, your temperature, to be able to download that to your, your phone. That those businesses that are actually adding value to our lives and empowering people are of greater value and have greater profitability. So it's really embedded in the business. It's not separate. It's not a cost of doing business. It's actually something that's going to enhance the business and enhance its likelihood for profitability and success. Well, it does seem to make sense, really. I think a lot of us uh, come at this with the sense that there is a, an inherent conflict between the return on investment and the social impact, that those are somehow competing. And your point that they are harmonious is borne out by the fact that a good social entrepreneur, a good entrepreneur of any sort, is solving a problem. And if a social entrepreneur is solving a social problem, the better he so solves the problem, the more the return on investment should be, right? Very definitely. And, and once again, you know, the name Mindful, we've chosen pointedly because we believe that the basis of our investments are in people that are building companies that care about what they're doing and the impact it's going to have in the world. They're not do-gooders. They're not social. And, and as you notice, we don't use the word impact and, and social because they're businesses. They're entrepreneurs. And it just so happens that their passion is to build these businesses that they feel are really important, that are adding value to people's lives. And, you know, there isn't this distinction. There isn't a cost. And there isn't a need to label it. It's, this is just what we do. This is what our business is, and it's a great business. And yes, it is adding value to the quality of your life. It's protecting the environment. It's protecting our resources. It's reducing energy consumption and energy needs. All of those are great businesses today, and they are our future. Yeah. Well, Stuart, it's been great to have you. This is just a great discussion. Now, I know there are entrepreneurs who are going to want to know more about how to get in touch with you, how to tap into your capital market. I know there will also be people who are investors who are interested in learning more about how they can get, how they can participate in Mindful Crowd and uh, otherwise support you. So walk us through just a little bit of how people can get in touch with you and participate in all of this. Uh, the first step is to go to our website, mindfulinvestors.com, which I think is shown here, and um, take a look at our current investments in our fund. We've got six companies that we have funded in our fund, and um, you know, see what, which of those companies you think are intriguing and that you might like to invest in. Secondly, you can send me an email to stu, stu at mindfulinvestors.com, and I will um, invite you to be in our blog, and as a member of our blog, you will have early access to Mindful Crowd, which we'll be launching very soon. And we will give you early access to be able to see what's happening at Mindful Crowd and to sign up as, an, as a member of the Mindful Crowd. Once again, you need to be an accredited investor to be able to do so. And those are really the, the two initial ways I would say that we can be connected. Well, fantastic. Stuart, give us your email one more time since that's not on the screen. Stu, S-T-U, at Mindful Investors, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-L-I-N-D-E-S-T-R-S.com. 
Fantastic. Stu, thank you very much for joining us today. We wish you every success in your investing and in launching uh, Mind Mindful Crowd. We are, we're excited about that and hope you'll keep us posted on your progress. I will, Devin, and thank you. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devinthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devin hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.